Hi, love. I'm Nicole Weston, and you are listening to Redefining Motherhood More Than Moms. In this community, we focus on creating a safe and sacred space for us to cultivate loving, gentle, and compassionate relationships with ourselves first so that we can be present in our relationships with our partner and children and be the best mom we can be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on Redefining Motherhood. Today, I get to sit down with Dr. Danielle Watson. She is a naturopathic doctor and the creator of The Mother Doctor. In her private practice, she treats mothers from preconception to pregnancy and through to the postpartum. Dr. Watson has made it her goal to change the dynamic in healthcare so that new mothers feel supported as they navigate their motherhood journey. Dr. Watson is a speaker, educator, and activist for motherhood, looking to spread the message that being a mom is not a diagnosis. Dr. Watson sees patients living in Ontario online and an in-person in Bradford and Georgina. Dr. Watson completed her Doctor of Naturopathy degree from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. Prior to that, she completed her Honours um, Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology from Wilfrid Laurier University, and she is the National Committee Member for the Canadian Perinatal Mental Health Collaborative, which is an organization seeking to create a national perinatal mental health care strategy for Canada. She is registered to practice by the College of Naturopaths of Ontario and is a member of both the Canadian Association of Naturopathic Doctors and the Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. Uh, We actually share, um, we're on the same perinatal, so you're, tell me about it. Tell me about the Canadian perinatal mental health strategy, because that's where uh, I know that we got connected a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. as well as on Instagram, of course. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So um, I'm part of the National Committee. And so we um, we're looking to create a document to bring to the House of Commons so that we have a national perinatal mental health strategy developed for Canada. Um, I love that, you know, we're part of this initiative, because it's so important. We have these, you know, variants of what women can access in terms of perinatal mental health across the country. And some women get it absolutely amazing and some women don't get it at all. And so mm. we're looking for having that to be unified and just seeing what um, what the current standard of care is across the nation and then trying to standardize it essentially. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, May is a big month for, you know, mental health and of course, Mm -hmm. uh, maternal mental health. And so I'm just really grateful to have you here and really have this conversation because we had an offline conversation and I feel like we could have just kind of talked forever about (laughs) how we really want to see this journey of maternal mental health and postpartum really evolve Mm -hmm. and, you know, create a very safe container for women to be on this journey um, and in a really healthy way. So Thank you for that. Um, so why don't you take us back to the beginning and where this all started? And, you know, I know you were already practicing and working in women's health and mm-hmm. then you you started your own family. And so what changed for you and what did you realize that you really wanted to, to make a difference in, in the world? Yeah. So um, when I first started practicing, I was about eight, seven to eight months pregnant at the time with my first 
And I was seeing predominantly perimenopausal and menopausal patients. So women from like 45 to 60 years old, and they were amazing. And when we would do our initial intake, my first appointment, all of them would describe their initial concern. And when I would ask, you know, when did it start? They would say, oh, when my son was born, you know, when my daughter was born 20, 30 years ago. And I started to notice I just charted that every single visit. Oh, when their daughter was born. Mm. And so as a pregnant woman myself, about to become a first-time mom, I was kind of like, ooh, this isn't good. <laughs> so I started to ha- ask a follow-up question, like, why hadn't we checked in on these symptoms mm. 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I wish I could have met you and we could have done you know, something for you 30 years ago. And all these women would kind of laugh at me and, you know, point at my belly and they'd be like, oh, I was a mom. (laughs) Welcome to motherhood. Mm. And that just, that didn't sit well with me as a clinician. I was kind of like, okay, but we have found something, a reason for your symptoms beyond motherhood. And so for me, I started to say to them, well, being a mom isn't a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, powerful for them to hear because Everyone in their life, you know, their their significant other, their friends, their girlfriends, uh, other moms, their own mom, their doctors some of the time would, you know, reinforce that, you know, you're a mom, you pee your pants when you jump, you're a mom, you're exhausted, you're a mom, it's normal for you to have insomnia, those kinds of things. And um, becoming a mother myself, I started to experience that within my life. So any symptoms I had, oh, you're a mom, that's just the way it is. And so um, as a clinician, I was like, no, I'm not accepting this for me. I'm not accepting this for my patients. Um, And then, of course, just, you know, your own journey through becoming a mother and kind of going from not a mother into that full motherhood role, it really inspired me. Mm. Um, And, you know, you, you speak with moms as a mom, and there's just a different dynamic. We, we know something about what each other has been through. And so Mm. I really was like, I don't want to, I want to, I love working with my menopausal patients, but I don't want to just continue to kind of get people after they've experienced 20, 30 years of um, issues. I would rather kind of start at the source and make sure that moms know that they don't have to experience this. Yes. Um, Because yeah, being a mom is not a diagnosis and we can't just stop our care there. Mm. (laughs) It's such, yeah, it, it is it's such a difference um, in terms of how we re- how we redefine motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I can connect with you so much is like this this isn't a diagnosis, and we are meant to we are more, and we are mm-hmm. so much more than you know something so incredible that we bring a life into this world, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and what that the impact of that has on our bodies and on our minds. Like there's mm-hmm. there's more that we can do, and so. When, um, when you think about redefining motherhood, what does it mean for you now um, as a mother and helping other mothers? Yeah, I think it really, like, I, w- I want to set out to change this dynamic in healthcare that we have that ascertains that mothers don't need help beyond um, just being told that they're a mother. I think we can do better than that as healthcare professionals. Um, you know, when I was pregnant, I don't know about you, but I had that one of many apps where you get to track and you get to see what size, you know, fruit your baby is that week. Mine, I think this, my son will be the size of a pepper this week or something. Um, and you know, you track it. And then I thought it was so interesting. Um, 
as soon as I gave birth, the app went from telling me a little bit about my body, a little bit about my baby's body, to telling me just about my newborn, which of course was beautiful. As a new mom, you want to know those things. But um, in speaking with my patients, I was like, no one knows what's happening to their bodies. No one knows what's happening to their brains. I have women shocked by things that are happening in terms of you know the postpartum bleeding or other symptoms that come up. And so I think it's like, it's a redefining motherhood, but it's also just acknowledging motherhood, what's normal, what's not, what we can do about things and what we can accept as a change that comes with being a mother. Um, and I think that's a huge aspect to redefining it because it sits in the shadows right now. We don't talk about what our postpartum experiences are like because we don't want to scare people. But at the yeah. same time, we need to open this conversation so we can talk about the realities um, and what, yeah, essentially what we can change and what we can't. Like, right. yeah. And being, and like you said, like accepting of it. And, and mm -hmm. I think that spending lots of time in the world of mothering and then, you know, experiencing it myself and going, how come no one told me about this? And yeah. then feeling like super ashamed for even asking. Cause it's like, well, maybe I should have known, but mm -hmm. and then I started looking at my sources. Well, how come I didn't know? Um, yeah. And it was, it was literally for that reason, because we don't want to scare other moms. So it's like, okay, yeah. then how can we come at it from a place of empowering mm -hmm. and knowing that, you know, this is what is to be expected. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt, you know, for, for myself being in the hospital after I had my daughter, I was, there was things happening to me, but there was also so much going on in my mind. I mean, yeah. sleep deprivation, number one, I was like, how come no one talked about this? And how yeah. come I'm just supposed to, just supposed to go right back into a completely mm -hmm. territory, but I don't actually have any sleep to rest and renew yes. myself. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. So I would say, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to go here already, but I believe you've got something <laughs> going on uh, for the first 40 days of postpartum. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I love that quote. So it's, uh, it's from um, Ayurvedic medicine, which is the traditional medicine of India. And when I heard it, I was like, this, yes. this sums it up perfectly. Yes. Um, and so they say um, um, the first 42 days for the next 42 years. And they're talking about both the first 40 days of the baby's life, but also the first 40 days of this new mother life. Yes, yes. And it's so, it's so different than what we see in our culture where yeah. we see our bounce back tendencies. I remember, oh. you know, being at the, at the mall, like, you know, five months postpartum and seeing a woman and she was so excited to tell everyone she gave birth on Friday and it was Monday and she was at the mall mm. and it was, it was, I mean, that was a cool accomplishment for her. But at the same time, all I could think of is we need this rest in the we postpartum. Need rest. Yeah. Um, and for myself, I, um, I'm a, um, clinician entrepreneur. So I had to go back to work quickly. And when I, um, when I was pregnant, I thought, Oh, no big deal. I'll go back with the baby. It'll be fine. My, you know, I'll, I'll, nurse her in between patients and it'll it'll be doable I, I've been through a lot in my life I can handle it yeah. Oh, yeah. and then you know you become a mom and you're like oh oh dear <laughs> like, um, this is quite a lot more than I thought and I, I as a as a first-time mom I didn't respect those first 40 days and so I think I spent a lot more time recovering and so now, especially with my second pregnancy, I'm thinking, okay, how can we honor this time? How can I teach other mothers to honor this time? And so, of course, being um, being a, a researcher, I went to the research and I looked at what different traditional and cross-cultural perspectives took into account. And you see, you know, places in Australia, places in Southeast Asia, places in Africa, places like North American 
culture, North, um, uh, North American natives, we have all respected at least this first 40 days. And there's yeah. almost this mandated rest period. Yes. And in our culture nowadays, we're like, no, go back to your normal right away. Yeah. Um, and we see the see moms not allowing that space for recovery. Right. And I just thought it was such a change in my practice when I started to teach my pregnant patients about these first, at least these first 40 days. Mm-hmm. Um, to respect that time, to not go back to the gym right away, to let the bodies rest, to recover. Um, I always tell people, you know, the detachment of your placenta leaves like a dinner plate sized wound in your uterus. And so if we had a dinner plate sized wound anywhere else in our bodies, we would be in bed resting. Oh yeah. People would Um, be serving us left, right, and center (laughs) because we couldn't move. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's the same as, um, you know, after a C-section, we don't treat C-sections like the major abdominal surgery that they are. And those moms, moms who had experienced a C-section, they need that recovery space. Um, And so I just thought that quote summed it up so well. What we do in those first 40 days matters for the next 40 years of our life. And it really I mean, it really came into being when I saw that with my menopausal patients, mm-hmm. 40 years down the line, they were still experiencing the effects of not having that recovery time. And that's how we can redefine it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, no one can see me, but I am so emotional for so many <laughs> reasons because um, number one, thank you. <laughs> For the work that you're for for it, it's not even work it's mission it's purpose it's uh, you've been Absolutely called perfect. you've been called forward right yeah um, so thank you for that and personally for me so I worked with young moms um, under the age of twenty five for about five and a half years and I wasn't a mom at the time. Um, and I worked all over the region. So I worked all over York region. So I worked all the way down to the boundary of Toronto, you know, mm-hmm. to where York region and Toronto meet all the way up to the north of York region. So over the five and a half years, I was working with families from all different cultures. And I also discovered that how North Americans do postpartum is completely different than other cultures. And that's when I started to ask this question, like, why aren't we doing that? And, yeah. and I learned about the 40 days and I remember thinking, okay, so if there's one thing that I can, you know, manage when, uh, when I become a mom, like, let's see if I can do the 40 days. Cause like, I just yeah. loved that everybody, like food was being brought and people mm-hmm. were serving and, and then, and then, you know, um, the justice in me of like, why are dads or not even dads, but partners, let's say partners are having to go back to work after one yes. or two weeks. Right. And so I wasn't getting frustrated with my partner, but um, maybe more frustrated with the system that creates the the fact that he can't actually take more than that. Right. So the systemic issues that allow dads to not even feel safe enough to ask to say. Yes. Um, So there there was that piece. So I can really appreciate that. And then I did have a C-section and I remember uh, part of me going, 40 days, 40 days, 40 days. Right. And then the other part of me was like, no, but I'm supposed to bounce back and I can't do this. And, uh, but, and nobody's talking about the major abdominal surgery I just had. So it can't be that big of a deal. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I feel like in our society, we have these 
two dichotomous women. We have super mom. She's back in her pre-pregnancy genes. She's back running her CEO. You know, she's the CEO of a company. She has no issues. She's, she's just able to do it. And then we have the other mom and she just, she can't handle anything. She needs mm -hmm. her glass of wine by 4 PM. Yeah. She can't lose the baby weight worth her life. And we're seen as either that intense level of success or a total failure. Yeah. And we have no middle ground where we can yeah. say, where, what is a normal postpartum experience? And we should because we're all experiencing this degree. And it's not that we're suddenly unable to cope with things. It's just that newborn life is all encompassing and it's totally demanding. And it's really not possible to split our brain in multiple avenues at once. And it's okay to take that time. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting. Um, I was in my course, I look at it's in Vietnamese comp culture. Um, there's a, uh, I can't pronounce the exact word, so I won't even attempt, but mm -hmm. it, it means um, it's a, a almost diagnosis for a mom and they call it sad heart. And it's when mom doesn't feel supported by her partner. Mm. And it the the um, symptoms that they attribute to this sad heart is exactly what in the West we would call postpartum depression. Mm. And I wonder if we supported dads differently, how could we then support moms? We need to support that entire family unit because Great. each person plays their part to it. It's yeah, definitely yeah. need to see these changes occur and talk about it so that we can open these conversations. And, and I wonder if those dichotomies of the absolute like bounce back versus mm -hmm. completely not bouncing back. I wonder if those are identities that we set ourselves up into as safety because there's shame around being the middle ground. There's yes. shame around not knowing how to rest. And I think, uh, during my time at, at the, um, as a counselor to young moms, I was, so gifted to be around women who guided me in very in incredible ways. And I learned a lot about for myself how much I needed to rest. And I wasn't a mom. I was just, I was counseling moms. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't mentally do this. And she was like, well, then you need to rest. Mm -hmm. I have never been a part of an organization so much that was like so, you know, priority of the health of mm -hmm. the workers so that they could show up for the, for the families. Right. And I, you know, here we are um, experiencing a global pandemic and we've all been, you know, slowing down. Yeah. Not all, I should say, but for the most part, a lot of people's lives have been put on pause. And so there's this rest that's happening. Even if we look at earth, you know, she yeah. is resting. We, I would have to say, our culture has a really misguided conception of what rest is. And I wonder if that's where the feeling of not feeling safe enough to say, I need more time. Yeah. I'm yeah. either going to be the, the person that feels safe to be like, I need the wine or yeah. I feel safe enough to be the person that's going to be busy and bounce back because in between doesn't feel safe to even talk. Yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think we, we don't have a lot of respect for the work that goes into just healing mm -hmm. from, uh, our labors, let alone, let alone our pregnancies, um, learning to breastfeed, learning to bottle feed, and then caring for a newborn who's another whole person who needs 24-7 care. Yeah. And it's as though we all feel, as moms, I think, we were like, oh, I didn't get anything done today. Mm -hmm. But I fed the baby 15 times. I changed the <laughs> diaper eight times. Mm -hmm. I uh, rocked them and walked them around the kitchen 400 you know, laps. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was getting something done. And we know, um, as you see your children grow older, you know, that that was such an investment in that those first mm. 
Um, but we felt feel like, oh, I, t- I didn't get anything done except for kept a helpless human alive. <laughs> right, which, you know, that's quite a big deal. Yeah. And, and I wonder too, like if we were to have more conversations like you and I are having mm-hmm. around what does it mean to rest and what does rest actually look like? Because I know even in the work that I do with, with my clients, the energy and the rest, it, it is kind of um, a conflicting concept because we're resting yeah. and then we're shooting on ourselves for resting and not doing things. And yeah. it's like, you can't actually rest and should on yourself at the same time because yeah. you're not getting anything done. But we, we're, yeah. just, well, you know, so we get sick, you still got to go to work. You, yeah. you get sick, you go get an antibiotic and you're better, you know, in no time. There's no downtime. And if there is downtime, it's looked upon. And I think we take that same mentality and mm-hmm. put it into postpartum. And yes. I think that is such an incredible opportunity where we can say, no, but how do I slow down? Yeah. But yeah, when definitely. I'm scrolling on Instagram, nobody else is slowing down. Yeah. So there must be something wrong with me. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think um, when I first started putting out these kind of posts on my Instagram, I was shocked by the amount of women that came forward and were saying me too, like I feel that same way. Um, And it was a bit of my own experience, but a lot of like what I was seeing in practice every, I was, it was interesting. I always say to my patients, I wish you could meet all the people I saw today because I see, you know, 10 women back to back and we all have the exact same experiences. Mm. And then as the, as a naturopathic doctor, I'm sitting there going, I wish we could all learn from one another because we don't talk about these things. Um, but, um, when I first started putting it out there, it was amazing to see the, like the amount of people saying, I I feel that too. And I wish we talked about this more Mm -hmm. Yeah, We're all thinking that and then not talking about it. So we're either grabbing the glass of wine or we're burying ourselves in work. And I think, you know, you and I can entrepreneurs, right? We have a Mm -hmm. practice, but we're also entrepreneurs. So there is all, there's a lot of responsibilities that come into that. I think that if I could give a mom who's listening anything right now is that she's Mm -hmm. not alone. And like that voice inside her head, if there's anything that we could change today is how we talk to ourselves in those moments is really the difference that's going to say, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not okay for me to pee my pants. And maybe there is something that can be done about that. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to just say, well, that's just what comes with motherhood because we're so much more than that. Definitely, definitely. I think I see it on a uh, Facebook mom group at least once a mom, month. A new mom will say something like, I went for a jog and I peed my pants. What, what do I do about that? And every you know seasoned mom will log on and say, oh, that's part of being mom. Had it since my kid was born. And I see that with... Um, uh, I talk a lot on my page about postpartum thyroiditis, mm. um, the symptoms of it being, you know, fatigue and weight gain and hair loss and low libido or low sex drive and all of these things that we will say, oh, that's part of being a mom. Of course, you're tired. Of course, you have low libido. Of course, those sorts of things when really that that might be just pure overwhelm, but it could also be an issue that we can fix for you so that you can live your life to the fullest. Mm. The the woman that you want to aspire to be um, and the woman going on the job uh, or going on the jog and um, having some incontinence, she could go see a pelvic floor physiotherapist and get back to running in the way that she loves. Um, And it's not just something we have to accept. 
Right. Uh, I think I think generally as women, we're told that so frequently, you know, your periods are supposed to be painful, menopause. I was just going to go there with the yeah. periods. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going like, you know, before I became a mother, let's, mm-hmm. yeah, like the, the menstrual cycle and just all of that, just just even the switch on how I thought about it just changed yeah. everything. It was definitely so much gratitude and love and the feminine power versus mm-hmm. painful, you know, I'm bitchy, I'm angry, don't yeah. come talk to me. And I was like, yeah, like now my partner will be like, whoa, like you're, you seem like really intense right now. Like, do you need something? Maybe you need to take some time. Like he, I've talked about it so much in such an empowering way. Yes. Now he's going, I think you need some time. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think we see it so much with that, where we, we get into that luteal phase, that fa- second phase of our cycle where PMS comes out. And I often say it's, it's almost like a magnifying glass. Anything that was problematic for you in your follicular phase is magnified in that luteal phase you know it's like it's like you you you're you're going too hard and you're doing too much so in that luteal phase you're exhausted mm-hmm. you know you haven't said what's on your mind and then in that luteal phase you can't stop saying what's on your mind yes. and um we need to almost, same with uh, postpartum, we need to make aware of what's normal and what's natural in our our life cycles as women because we are very sick. Like we are very, we, we're, we have these natural rhythms to our bodies. And if we talk about what's normal and what's not, then we can get help for it because our world is so, so wonderfully based, <laughs> so horribly based on what, um, what the patriarchy expects and men, men are very, you know, their, their hormonal fluctuations are within the day. They fluctuate so much more than us, but within one day, whereas we Mm. fluctuate slowly over the course of a month. And then in postpartum, it's a nine month long change. And then, you know, we change into the postpartum. And so we we have a bit longer of a fluctuation. If we talked about what was normal in those changes, we as women would be able to understand and love our bodies in a totally different way. Whereas it's, I saw a quote once and it was something like, we talk about the postpartum the same way we did talk about our first period. It's going to change your life completely. It's going to suck and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's how we, we talk about these things, right? We say you're about to get your period. It's going to (laughs) hurt. There's nothing you can do. Um, And same with postpartum. Suck it up. Yeah. Suck it up. It's going to change you, but it's just, and we don't talk about, how to deal with it or anything like that. Yeah, And I think too, like the mindset, like I think where, you know, the mindset of being a woman and what that, what it Mm -hmm. means and, and feeling empowered of what the heart, like mind, body, soul. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the connection, not working separately and not um, shutting one down, but creating space for us to talk about what it means to be feminine, what it means to be masculine. We're really moving into, I'm having a lot of conversations with a, a mastermind that I'm, I'm with and we're talking a lot about feminine energy and masculine energy. Yeah. And when we're out of balance as women, it's potentially because we're doing it very masculine, very linear. And that may work for us. But when there's like that, you know, disconnection, how can we get back into feminine? And I think it's, it's just, it's, I guess the biggest thing I can say is like, I feel like we're rising into a different Mm-hmm. We're evolving into a different space to say that I get to be a present mom. I get to be a healthy, healthy yeah. mom. And I also get to be a successful, thriving mom in whatever passion um, or, or business or career that I choose to do. Because I get to be present within myself and know that I'm worthy of having both. And I think those are the conversations, if mm. I may say, you and I are engaging in um, because we want that for ourselves too. 
Absolutely. I think it's our generation of moms. When I speak to my patients in person, it's such a different thing. Mm-hmm. As my when I spoke with my menopausal patients and would say, "No, you just because you're a mom doesn't mean you have to put up with it." I think they had had years of mm-hmm. learning that, and so they were like, "Okay." Whereas my um, my mother's, I guess we would be the millennial generation when they're pregnant and if they've never had a baby before, and I say, "Don't you don't have to accept." that as being your fate just because you're a mom they're like hell no of course I wouldn't accept that it's just like what can I do about that you mean that's going to happen and it's I think it's because most of many of us um there's a uh, a lot of women who had these fantastic careers before they had this level of education they had a life before they became a mom and they're Mm. kind of potentially delayed becoming a mom or something about it where we just are like no that's not okay I still want to be myself while becoming a mom Mm. um and it's it's very different um our attitudes towards this and I don't know what it is about our generation but it's something that's going to change for the coming generations for sure we're going to make these changes for them Yeah. And that's what I was just going to say. I think there's a lot to say about the mother who raised me and the mother who raised her. And I think that every step they made was made Mm -hmm. so that I could be in a position to have this conversation with you and to talk about how we can do it differently. Because I look at what my, my, the women that came before me and what they've had to overcome Mm -hmm. and what they evolved into and how they were like, no, like, I can do this and I'm yeah. going and I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it my way. And then that has made space for me to come in and say, yeah, I get to do both and yeah. I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I'm going to trailblaze the path and I'm going to find other moms that want to do that as well. And then I think about my daughter and I go, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm doing this for her too. Because, yeah. Yeah. Like she is definitely a strong, energetic force of a leader. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think that, you know, I want this for me and I also want to model that for her. And I think there's, Mm -hmm. and I think all mothers of all seasons and all generations will say, I do what I do because I want it to be better for them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And and I think that's powerful. Keep pushing the envelope and keep redefining this. It's so important. Absolutely. And I, I, um, I think what we had talked about earlier in terms of just like that suck it up culture. And I think for us in our generation, it's just like, it's, it's no more. Mm -hmm. It's It's not okay to just suck it up. And because I want something to be different, doesn't mean that I'm complaining you know, it's like acceptance versus like suck it up. It's like, I accept that my body has been different, but what can I do to evolve it and move it forward? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's knowing knowing what are those normal changes and then how can we optimize them so that we are mm. feeling our best? Like, I love yeah, I, that. Yes. I love the optimize. Yeah. I just, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. So thank you so much. I, um, I know we did talk about the 40 days. So mm-hmm. for, for moms that are listening, if they're, well, tell me about it. Cause I, I can't remember if it's for a specific woman or if it's for whatever stage we're in. So can you tell us about that a bit more? Like you had, you're talking about that 40 day, was it a program that you've got launching right now or? Um, I'm going to have a program launching soon right now. Um, that's just more so my Instagram posting, but I will Mm -hmm. have, um, some free downloads available on my Instagram oh, so okay. I can get started on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think it's so important that we we do it. I, I find um, 
I'm reaching such a wider audience and I want it to be available for women everywhere. And then cool. that you don't have to just book an appointment to learn this information. Cause I think uh, a lot of us are kind of DIYers too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So you, I'll put the, I'll put the link in the show notes below. So if they wanted to reach out and read more, that's where they can go for it. Perfect. Okay, Perfect. cool. And so my last question for you, this has just been incredible and I just kind of want to have a conversation all day, um, mm -hmm. but we won't because <laughs> life has to continue. Um, if you were to tell any mom that's listening right now, and, and I'm going to go with the new mom, right? A new mama. Mm -hmm. um, what would you want her to know today after listening to our conversation and how can you share some of your wisdom with her today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think knowing that we're not alone in these experiences that we we have there's such a unity to what new moms experience and especially those first few weeks um and then knowing that although although there's a lot of changes happening there are things that we can do to help mitigate those changes help you feel more like yourself going forward um and really not accepting that being a mom is a diagnosis or that your your health is fixed once you become a mom I think that's something that new moms need to be aware of so that we can really change the dialogue. Mm. I love that. I'm, I'm just writing it down because I was just, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and, I, and I love that because these are the conversations that say, that get us to question like, yeah, is this okay and what's not? And knowing that other women are out there feeling that way gives us that foundation to kind of say, hey, like this is what's going on. You know, how can I shift that? How can I, how can I just feel more like myself. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, um, don't know a way to say it, but it's like, we want to become a mom while staying ourselves. Yeah. And I think a lot of us lose ourselves in motherhood and that doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve our families or it doesn't serve our children. It doesn't serve our communities. And so we can kind of flip that narrative of losing ourselves in motherhood and trying to really maintain who we are while still being able to be a full mom. And I think that's a huge change to make in our society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the word comes up for me is becoming. So mm -hmm. I know a big part of my journey was be allowing myself to become who I was becoming um, mm -hmm. and also making peace with the woman that I was before, you know, she is the reason that I am in this space. And so yeah. really, instead of being at war with her, really being accepting of who she is and allow her to become who she's. Yeah. Becoming right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so, so much for being here. <laughs> I can't wait to have you back. Um, but we will, we'll plan all of that because, um, you know, life. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. And I'll put everything below if anybody wants to reach out and connect and learn more about what you've got going on. So thank you so much. And we will talk soon. Bye, love. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am so grateful. I want to invite you to join our Facebook group, Redefining Motherhood More Than Moms. You can find the link in the show notes below. And if you want to find more information, more resources, and stories, you can subscribe to our weekly More Than Moms journal. I want you to remember that you are doing the best you can with the resources that you have. You are loved, you are worthy, and you are enough. You got this, Mama.